It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. It's another episode of Frontline Friday with my special guest and regular guest. So you get to be both special and regular, which is which is fantastic. I Bridget, like that. Bridget Gleason, right. I like that. Andy, good morning. I always love when I listen to these podcasts, listening to you. Do, welcome to Accelerate. You've got <laughs> such enthusiasm, and it is very contagious. Oh, so, good. Well, hopefully people that, that are listening get the same, uh, catch the same contagion, I guess. Yeah, very oh, contagious. Oh, good. So today, <laughs> what I thought we'd talk about is a topic we haven't we haven't delved into before, and you rarely hear any sort of talk about this or read anything about this. Is what do you do when you make a really big mistake with a prospect? How do you recover? Yeah, you know, when when you blow it, <laughs> basically, uh, with a big prospect, an important opportunity, or any opportunity, what do you do to come back from that? You know, is it is it possible? And if it's possible, what are the steps you should take to sort of make it right again? It's a it's funny, Andy, that it doesn't get talked about more because it happens all the time. It's it's a it's a natural, normal part of sales. It's not a it's it's not what we like to talk about. We like to talk about the wins, but there are losses, and when I say losses, I mean losses along the way setbacks along the way. And I think that that's what you're talking about here is when you blow it, what what do you do? And in a, in a SaaS business, the, the sale never really ends because in SaaS, oftentimes customers are on month-to-month contracts. Mm-hmm. And even after the sale ends, you're still selling. Oh, yeah. So, so it's even more important to address this because you're just always in this continuous loop in this continuous cycle of trying to engage and re-engage and if you perhaps if you lost the sale and they went to someone else if you blew it at the very last minute oftentimes you've got a chance to win them back when that contract comes back the contract let's say that maybe they did sign for example a 12 month contract you do have an opportunity to win them back in 12 months. Yeah, and I was even talking about, you know, how do you, while you're still in the game, how do you recover to try to, to win the deal uh, even without letting, you know, a month or 12 months go by? I mean, I, then this came to mind the other day because I was telling the story. Somebody asked me about sort of one of the most difficult negotiation situations I'd ever been in. And, yeah, I was recalling the story is, is at one point I was negotiating this really large deal with one of the largest media companies in the United States. And this is for a, a custom-developed communications network. Uh, and they are going to buy this several hundred network stations. Uh, each one cost about, our proposal price was 7500 bucks a piece. So it was you know, a couple million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. And it had been a pretty complex negotiation, a lot of moving pieces. And, and I had gone with a colleague uh, with the account manager, and I was the VP of sales. I went with the account manager and met with the customer over a course of two days at, at their offices, and they had 
their senior VP in charge of this whole division was their prime negotiator that I was working with. And it was pretty intense back and forth over two days. And, and the, the deal was done. And, or so you thought. <laughs> yeah, so I thought. So at the end of the second day, as we were just, and this is, we were on the East Coast, and my headquarters is on the West Coast. Uh, as we're just wrapping up around 5 p.m., I get a call. And uh, on the phone were my colleagues back in the factory, vice president of engineering, VP of marketing, and the CEO. And, and uh, yeah, I sort of pick up. So I didn't expect to get a call from them. And this was uh, sort of unusual. And uh, in this very hushed voice, uh, the VP of marketing says, hey, you know, Andy, can are you alone? Can we talk? And I said, well, okay, well, let me step outside just a second. Sure. So I excuse myself and, and go outside. And they said, well, so how's it going? I said, well, it's good. We've got the deal done. And there was sort of the silence on the other end of the phone. <laughs> and I said, well, Uh-oh. I said, well, what's, what's the problem? And they said, well, yeah, we got a bit of an issue. And I said, well, that doesn't sound good. And they said, well, it really isn't because, you know, we were just reviewing the cost estimates for this the system that we proposed to them and uh, we discovered a math error <laughs> and i'm sitting like uh, trying to be calm i said okay well tell me more and i said well it's actually kind of a big math error i said like how big well our cost estimates on the the product were off by a factor of two uh. and i said what <laughs> as i yeah we're just we're sorry, but yeah, we we just can't support the seventy five hundred dollar price. I mean, we just we'd lose our shirts. And it's a venture funded startup, and you know the margin dollars are really important. I mean, the top line is important, but the bottom line is really important at this point as well. And I said, you know, are you kidding me? I literally spent one hundred twenty days with this prospect uh, very intensively. We've been talking to them actually for about a year, but the last two days, you know, I I, I had to defend our price at seventy five hundred, uh, and now you're telling me at the eleventh hour that. It needs to be fifteen thousand. Sort of. Yes. And I said, "Yeah, yeah." Unfortunately, and I said, "Well, you know." As I left the room, our counterparts, SVP, was getting on the the phone with the CEO of this large media company, telling the deal is done. Uh, what what should this I do? This is a great story, Andy. I am I'm at the edge of my um, office chair listening to this. And I said, "Well, what you know? What do you want me to do?" And I said, well, maybe you should catch him before he makes that call. <laughs> so, so we really didn't have a choice. I mean, it really was either go back in and renegotiate the deal and ask for double the price on the hardware or walk away from it. And this was you know, a deal we had forecasted to the board that we were going to get. Right. And that's, yeah. Anywhere, it, that's a big deal. Well, yeah. Especially for you know, a startup at that point. We were about a $20 million a year company on a fairly rapid growth ramp. You know, taking 2 to $3 million out of that was really going to be a problem. And so what would you have had to have me do at that point? I'll, I'll no. turn the I'll turn the turn it so we'll have a little build the suspense a little bit. What would what would you do at that point? Well, I, I mean, Andy, I've been in that situation, not nearly so dramatic. It, one of the times when I had made the math error, which was even worse. So it was my own math error that I gave to a customer and then had to go back and um, defend. So 
I would say two things. I would say one internally is, is this really the best we can do? We need to know what our floor is. And I think in any time in a negotiation, you have to know what the floor is. And so if the floor is really that it can't be supported unless it's double, then that's what the floor is. It, sometimes the company says, you know what, it's worth it for us to do this. Uh, we're not going to lose money on this, on this particular one, but we can see us making it up. So I don't know what the internal situation the company was. Oh, and it was going, yeah, it was get the $15,000 or we're going to have to walk. Okay. And then the second is going back and having a conversation with a, a candid, transparent conversation with the customer around the value and how this is this is the reality of it. I don't know I don't know how you could do anything other than that. There's there aren't a lot of choices in this situation. Well no, that's it turned out there really weren't. And so I mean I, I don't like there 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 aren't a lot of choices unless you just go silent and you ghost them as they talk today and just uh, stop talking to them altogether, which uh, wouldn't have a good outcome. No, no, and this was this was fairly high profile. So, yeah, so I, I, yeah, there was sort of this long silence on the phone as I was digesting this news, and yeah, the guys back in the factory basically were just anxious to get off the phone, and I was sort of like, okay, good luck, hung up. Yeah, of course, right. um, go sell, go sell. So yeah, so I, this was literally the worst customer interaction I ever had is to go back in that room to the senior vice president who in turn had just committed to a CEO that he had gotten the deal done. I didn't, wasn't able to catch him before I made that call. And say basically that, uh, you know, I'd, <laughs> I'm really sorry to have to have to bring this up at this late hour and I can only imagine what you're going to think. But you know, this was the guys in the factory and I just laid it out. I said, you know, there had been a, a math there and a spreadsheet and, you know, we had looked at it and looked at it and looked at it and no one had caught it until just now. And unfortunately we just can't support that $7,500 price. And, um, <laughs> and of course the first question was, well, what price can you support? Oh, and when I, when I said the 15,000, uh, oh yeah yeah i mean i've rarely been in a situation where where people in business get so upset that they're they're screaming at you <laughs> but this i've is, had that I've this had was one that. of those I've times where justifiably they're screaming <laughs> they're they were screaming <laughs> yeah. and red at the face and you know called and understandably so i mean they thought we were baiting and switching them which, you know, had not been the case, but it was inexperience, you know, lack of attention to the detail on, on the, you know, the, the team's part in terms of, you know, checking all of our numbers two, three times, make sure they were right, which they had, but the, this thing had just slipped through. And, um, yeah, it was, it was personally mortifying <laughs> as you might expect right. to have to represent that to to the customer and I said the guy was just understandably went non-linear and um, it was very very tense for about half an hour I mean I just let him vent and didn't try to 
defend it at all, but just let him get everything out. And so you just have to sit there. And so one of the advice piece of advice I give to people when you when you make a mistake, and it's an honest mistake, as you would hope these are, but they have consequences, is you just you sit there and take your medicine. And as you said, be transparent. Don't try to defend um, or make excuses. It just, at that point, it is what it is. And um, so he, he... <laughs> He, yeah, he went through it and then literally threw us out of his office. Yes, I can I can picture this. I understand it. I've had my own situations similar. Okay, so he threw you out of the office. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He threw you out and so, then So yeah, I was I was supposed to take a, a red eye flight back to back to the West Coast. And I'm sure night. you were pretty frustrated and angry as well. Well, yeah, it's humiliated more than anything else because, you know, I had, uh, you know, represented one thing faithfully for, you know, a long time and then the situation changed and I had no control over it. And, you know, I felt like my own integrity was being questioned, which is, you know, at the end of the day, that's all you have in life really is your, your integrity, your good name. Right. And so I can understand why he was upset and, but, you know, you still feel humiliated, deflated, and so on. So, uh, yeah, we walked out of there. First thing I did was, well, he didn't even commit to talking the next day. But I did say, look, I'm going to cancel my plans. I'm going to stay stay out here on the East Coast. And, you know, if you want to talk tomorrow, yeah, here's my phone number. You know, call me direct, and maybe we get together for coffee in the morning. So... Yeah, sort of an anxious morning, and you know the the lower level people that have been our our sponsors within that organization. Uh, yeah, they were even more upset to think than he was because it also, you know, they saw their their careers flashing in front of their eyes because they had been our sponsors. But yeah, late in the day, late in the morning, actually, and yeah, I did get a a call from you know my counterpart and said. Yeah, you know, this is a really important project for us. Let's let's talk. You know, we're not prepared to see it go away. We're not happy. Believe us, we're not happy, but we're not prepared to see it go away. Let's talk. So that with that door open, uh, after another day and a half of conversation, we we won the deal at fifteen thousand dollar a unit. And Andy, uh, there's a couple things in here that I think are worth noting, and and you've brought up a couple of them. I mean, one is. One, I think, to note is you'd obviously built a good relationship already to be able to go through this, that there was a level of trust. There was a, there had to have been a level yes. of trust yes. already built. So I think that is a critical component to keep in mind just as you're going through a sales process. Number two is you'd obviously already established the value. Because if you hadn't established the value, solidly established the value, through the sales process, this would have fallen apart. Okay? So that that would be number two. Mm -hmm. Number three, this level of transparency. This is what happened. And and not and and the 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 other piece to that, which is as important, is a non-defensiveness not trying to defend it, not 
this is just it. This is it. You are, you were as taken aback as they were, but there was no defensiveness around it. And then I think the openness to let them go through this run of emotions that they needed to. We're all human. So we, we, we bring a lot of emotion to the table and everything we do, we're human. Letting them run through this emotion and then being open to coming back and having a conversation really on their terms when they were ready to do it and making yourself available and, and also being open to the possibility that this deal there, this deal was still on the table. You weren't giving up on this either. You didn't give up. And a lot of people would have given up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, one of the lessons for people is, is you gave four great ones, summaries of, of things that happened. And, and so when we did get back together is one of the things that, that I had prepared is, and they had similarly prepared, is looking at what the impact was because they were going to in turn take the system and as part of a service that they were reselling to their customers is that over the lifetime of the contract that they had with their customers the increase in the hardware price had a fairly nominal impact on their margins over the life of those contracts Mm -hmm. so that turned out to be a positive on our (laughs) on our side right i mean it wasn't wasn't like it was no impact, but it was one that they could they could live with in the grand scheme of things. Um, so yeah, the value the value was still there, but yeah, yet the personal if the personal relationship hadn't been established beforehand, it might have been irretrievably ruptured, and there might have been no hope going forward. But we had, in general, we thought been dealing with them openly and transparently throughout the entire process and that did build up that relationship as you talked about so they understood that after their anger got through is that they understood that it was an honest mistake now sometimes honest mistakes notwithstanding (laughs) people still don't want to do business with you in those circumstances uh, because maybe it doesn't show an attention to (laughs) sufficient attention to detail but you know in this case that you know we confronted it head-on and as I said, after some of the worst hour of my life, it, it actually turned out to be okay. Well, and you, in talking about a relationship, and there's, there's in sales a lot of talk about relationship building and, and how relationships are important in sales. And I think what people often misunderstand, especially if they're new to sales, is relationships aren't built on hey, let's get together and go to the ball game. Hey, we're really friendly. Uh, How's your dog? Hey, what's... Relationships are built on mutual trust and mutual value in the relationship. And again, those are two things that you... It was obvious that you had cultivated over the course of working on that deal, that the relationship built on both trust and value was there, which enabled you to recover from this mistake that was not even your own, but mistake uh, that the company actually had made. And, and I think that's a key one, that if, if we're going to, if we blow it with a prospect, a lot, probably the most critical thing, Andy, is what's happened before that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's what's built before 
that will allow this really essentially this relationship to recover. And in not all circumstances will it have an outcome like yours did. It could be that you went back to them and they said, hey, we get it. But we actually, this is this is sort of the max of what we're able to do at this time. And we're, we're, we're forced to look at other vendors or solutions because we, we just, we've got some finance, some fiscal constraints that don't let us pay double, even though we understand it's an honest mistake. So it's not that even if you have a great relationship built, that in 100% of the cases, you can get over something like that. But I would say it will be extremely difficult to get over it if you haven't built that trust and value along the way. Right. And a perfect exemplification of that is is that same uh, customer, actually the people that were the internal advocates for it. Uh, when I changed, I went to a different company, a different startup that I was VP of sales for, is they came back to that company for the next project they were doing. So uh, yeah, if you build that relationship and if you're open, honest, it's really how you handle the screw-ups in many ways, but that really dictate the course of the relationship you have with a customer because there are always going to be screw-ups at some point in time in any sort of business relationship. Nothing goes smoothly from start to finish. And how you own that problem really makes a huge difference. I mean, I've, I've had clients that, um, you know, I've had, they've had mistakes that we've made, but just on how we handled the mistake is what ended up generating referrals for us. Well, do you know, Andy, I, you've probably heard this also, but it, when things go smoothly, when you, when you take, let's say, a customer satisfaction score and things go smoothly, customers tend to give, let's say, on average, companies a six, maybe a seven, and things have gone smoothly. Mm-hmm. When there's been a problem and you're able to recover from the problem, the satisfaction scores go eight, nine, ten, and so actually, the you have the ability. There's a great opportunity in building a bigger champion after a mistake, and when things don't go smoothly, then there is if things just sort of hum along as you would expect. And so, I always like to look at what's the opportunity when there's been a mistake to build actually a bigger champion because it's how do we recover from this in this partnership that actually can create a lot of um, strength in the relationship. And it sounds like in the situation that you're describing, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I think people sort of feel at that point, like they've gone through the the battles together, right? That there's this, this common bond from having survived this uh, trial by fire and coming through it together. And, and it's good to know in this relationship, what does it look like when there's an issue and how is this partner going to respond? And I certainly, like I think about my own experiences when I've had, let's say, uh, customer service issues and a, a particular store, let's say it's <clears throat> Nordstrom's is a great example. I've had an issue with the product, and I go back to Nordstrom and say, this is my shirt, the first wash, and it fell apart. Mm-hmm. They take it back, no question. Right. I have a stronger feeling towards, in this case, Nordstrom's because of how they handled 
something that didn't go well. I didn't like that the shirt fell apart. And that makes me a more loyal customer because I understand how they are going to behave when there's an issue. And I think, as you said, there's there are going to be issues. There's There are going to be bumps in the road. And being able to demonstrate, here's what you can expect from me and my team and my company when these things happen goes a huge way toward and or has the potential for really going a long way towards strengthening a relationship and making it stronger than it would have been had something like this not occurred. Although that was a very, very dark, dark day. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very dark evening and for no sure. Days, and no days or evenings that you want to create, those happen. But boy, God, do you just want to get through them as quickly as possible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's one of those... You can only imagine like a conversation, like a maybe a physician having to tell a patient they only have a couple of months to live or something. It's one of these just horrible, horrible conversations that you can't really contemplate uh, having. But uh, yeah, you have no choice but to dive in and and deal with it forthrightly and and honestly. And as you had mentioned, I mean, it's it's it reflects on what you do, but the customer is going to make the decision based really on how you handled that situation and. Yeah, it could have gone either way, and I think if we had been defensive, if we had uh, perhaps approached a different manner, uh, trying to deflect the mistake, then yeah, we would have lost all credibility. The relationship would have been split, and there'd been nothing that would have been gone forward. But anyway, lesson lesson for people is even in your your toughest situations, deal with it openly, honestly, uh, continue with the level of integrity that you started with, and you get a chance to recover and take the second chance and run with it. That's right. That's right. right. That's a great story. Great story, Andy. I loved it. (sighs) Well, good. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I hope everybody else did too. And hopefully they don't have to experience something similar. So, uh, Bridget, as always, it's been great to talk with you. And we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today and listening to us. Uh, We hope they continue to do that every, every Friday and every day of the week with Accelerate. So we'll look forward to talking to you again next Friday. Wonderful. Have a great, uh, great rest of the week and weekend. All right. And thank you everybody else for tuning in today. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.